We're going to continue to look at the lives of people because oftentimes we think people of the Bible are not like us. And the people of the Bible, if you understand something, mirrors us. Uh, we're a reflection of them. Life doesn't change much. What you want in your life oftentimes is the same thing somebody else wants that is decent and pure. There's not a lot of difference. I don't care who you are. Man who sins wants the same thing that the man who sins wants. <laughs> the man who desires to live righteous wants the same thing that the righteous guy wants. It's not that much of a difference. And so as we look at these different characters, understand that we're also looking at ourselves. We're also seeing ourselves, if we'll really be honest about that, that we're seeing ourselves portrayed in the scriptures. And sometimes that's hard. Because sometimes when we see an attitude that we portray, we try to say, no, that's just their attitude. That's not really my No, it is ours. The Holy Spirit's trying to deal with that. If you see an action that you have performed, the Holy Spirit's talking to you. If you're hearing something that's being said that has went through the thoughts of your life, the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. It's that whole area that you need to understand. God did not allow these words to be penned just as a historical lesson, but a very relevant present time that he might show man for who man really is. And that's what he's doing. So today we're going to look at Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' deep desire. Zacchaeus reveals we need more than wealth and position. How many of you understand that? We need more than wealth. We need more than a title. We need more to say that I'm president of this or I'm this in a company or I'm that in a company or I've gained this or gained that. We need more than just material or worldly success. We need more. And oftentimes, you and I, as we're going after the riches of this world and the things of this world, Satan has blinded us that we need more than just the things of this world. You and I have to come to that place that whatever it is that is our handicap, that keeps us from the Lord, we have to overcome it. My handicap might be drugs. My handicap might be alcohol. My handicap might be women. My handicap might be gambling. My handicap might be, I'm just prejudiced, or I don't like this, or I don't like that. My handicap is there, but it keeps me from getting close to the Lord. And you have to deal with your handicap. You have to deal with that problem, that thing, 
that is in your life that keeps you from getting or growing close to the Lord. You have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. And Zacchaeus, he had to deal with his. He had to deal with his. What we're going to do real quick is look at a couple of verses because what I want to do is set a little platform for Zacchaeus because oftentimes we just pick up Zacchaeus in Luke 19 and we read about him in that little short story. But how many of you understand Zacchaeus was a publican, a tax collector? Now understand there was two types of tax collector. There was one like Matthew that was the worst tax collector. He was that of customs. Customs basically collected taxes on anything that grew out of the ground that you were getting ready to trade or ship in or sell somewhere. And them guys were ruthless, according to history. The other tax collector was what was called a general tax collector. Still a publican, but he was a general tax collector. He collected the taxes because... Every adult had to pay taxes. Every young boy who was in your household, 14 and older, you had to pay a head tax on them. It was called a head tax for the adults and for the children. For the boys that started at 14, for the young girls it was 12. And some say, why 12? Because at 12 was when usually you start negotiating for the marriage. And they knew you was going to get something. But with Zacchaeus, he was an outcast. And all the publicans were outcasts. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later. But in Matthew 19, 21 through 26, Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions. Because Jesus dealt with rich folks. He just didn't deal with poor people. Just that he dealt with wealthy people also, and you see it quite often in, in the scripture. He says, Go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. When you, the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, and this is their question, this may have been the norm of the thought in that time. Then who can be saved? Because everybody who basically served in the temple was pretty wealthy. Everyone who basically really served the Lord, they had some kind of wealth. Understand something. Poor people in many times were left out. That's why the message, when Jesus sent a message back to John the Baptist in prison, one of the last things he makes is this. Tell John that the poor have the gospel preached to them. Because oftentimes they were the left out group. And they're scratching their heads. And they're saying, then who can be saved? Remember, although Peter and many of the men were fishermen, they were businessmen. They were businessmen. 
And most likely they had their servants. Or they had a slave or whatever. But they were businessmen. And the question is, who then can be saved? If these folks can't be saved, then I can't be saved. Jesus looked at them and said, and this is what I want you to put in, and then I want you to, as we get to Zacchaeus, remember this. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That in the life of Zacchaeus, God shows all things are possible. That he could even be saved. In Luke 15, 1 and 2, it says, Now the the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. What does that tell you about the religious group of the day and where Zacchaeus had to be? You see the separation? The religious group of the day would not even take time to deal with Zacchaeus. He was like a person with leprosy. He was like a person rejected. And how many of you understand that in the law also, or in the Torah, it speaks about the tax collector. Remember in the law it takes takes two to bear witness against something? Guess what? A tax collector couldn't do that. They could not bear witness, nor could they be a judge. They were not allowed to be a judge or a witness. One of it was because of all their deceptiveness. All the lying that they did. All the undermined stuff they did. And a lot of times, if you can think how you may think about some of your politicians, that's how Zacchaeus was thought of. In Luke 18, 9-14, the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. Now look at, look where he, they put the class at for a tax collector. Look where they bring him to. Look how they might see him. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers. Or even like this. Just because you got a job. And before you were saved. You were a truck driver. For Budweiser. Does that mean you quit your job being a truck driver? For Budweiser because you got saved? No. But because you are the truck driver for Budweiser, you might be classified as what? Yeah. And what this man was doing was making a living for his family. He was making a living for himself. He had the opportunity and he went for it. And he got the job. But because of his employment, he was classified as this, this, and that. 
That's where we do a disservice to politicians even. All politicians are not liars, cheaters. All presidents are not liars and cheaters. And, and sometimes people say about a politician, everything come out of his mouth is what? No, we don't classify them in that. We need to understand he's just a man with limit authority and ability. He can promise you the moon. <laughs> he knows that's how he gets elected. <laughs> he will try to give you the moon already knowing he can't do it. <laughs> and we need to understand that. We need to understand that. And we also need to understand not to expect more of people than what they are. We start with them where they are, but the goal is to do what? Uplift. 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 And he said, boy, I thank God I'm not like this tax collector. But look at the tax collector here now. But the tax collector stood at a distance and would not even look up to heaven. But beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Two things I want to just challenge with you on that. One, does he believe he's a sinner because that's what people have classified him as? And you look at the text before, he's classified with who? The adulterers and everybody else. Has he come to a point to believe he's a sinner because that's where people classify him? Let me share something with you. When you label people and you classify them sometime, and this stays with them as a stigma, they believe it. If you call a child bad constantly, they'll believe they're just what? A bad child. A bad child. If you tell somebody long enough, you won't make it, you won't make it, guess what? They'll begin to believe that. They can't make it. If you tell somebody, you're low, dirty, filthy, guess what? Eventually, they'll begin to believe that, that they're not worthy of anything better. Because we've been labeled. And Zacchaeus... Could he believe that he is a sinner because of what people say? Or is he a sinner because of what God says? Now it's important which one you are believing. A lot of times people even in this day will not believe they're a sinner because other people are saying it. What they need to understand, it is God who has said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God has said, we're just saying what God said. You're a sinner. You act this way, you do these things, you're a sinner. You're describing yourself. But the goal of that is to lift you to a higher plane. Take you a step higher. That's the goal. In Mark 2, 14, 15, he says, As he walked along, he saw Levi, which later is called Matthew. Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Matthew was a custom tax collector. 
And he simply says, follow me, and told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Because you're following somebody don't mean you're believing in somebody. But what I want you to take note of, could one of those many who may have been in Matthew's house, could Zacchaeus, could he have been there? See, oftentimes with us, it takes more than one time to somebody witnessing to us. It takes more than one time of somebody touching us. It takes many touches. And could Zacchaeus have been one who was following the name of Jesus? Could he have been or could he have heard about what happened at Matthew's house and how Jesus set which would have been historically, dramatically different than what the Pharisees or the other religious group was doing in that day. Could Zacchaeus' interest in Jesus been sparked by what took place at Matthew's house? That there's somebody who doesn't look down on me. There's somebody who can... Come in and break bread with me and eat with me at my table. And don't put me in a class of this and that and low degree. Is there somebody out there who can love me and care enough about me that they'll speak truth into my life? Not talking about my job, not talking about my position, but talking about Caring about me and the love, showing their love for me and want to see me uplifted. Is there somebody like that out there? Jesus. 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 And he, he could have heard about this. He could have heard about it. Now understand Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus understood why the people didn't like him or even considered him a Jew. And a lot of the tax collectors, in some places, they could not enter into synagogues because of their sin. Because of their sin. And they were set on the outskirts in the sense of a culture. Rejected by this culture, by society, that they grew up with. I imagine some of the people who rejected Zacchaeus used to play marbles with him, or jump rope with him, or played tag with him, or was on the same football team with him, or did some things every day with him. But boy, when... He became a tax collector. They put him to the side. It's almost like a lot of Christians. When you met the Lord, 
that culture you used to run around with, that society you used to blend so well with, you find that you no longer what? And you sense a rejection all because you became a what? A Christian. And then trying to break into Christianity and tell folks you're saved now after your past life and they all know it, they got a big question mark. But Zacchaeus understood why the people didn't like him or even considered him a Jew. An outcast, rejected by society. Why? His occupation, his profession, his business that he was involved in. Now, publicans were disenfranchised by their culture. The name publican carried with it a contempt and hatred. It carried it. It was just part of it. The moment we say drug dealer, does contempt run along with it? How many of you want the drug dealer in your neighborhood? How many of you want the drug dealer living next door to you? It carries a certain stigma with it. We want to see them saved, but yet it carries a certain stigma that says, I don't want to be around them. I don't want to be involved with them. But unless you're talking to one, unless you're sharing Christ with one, unless you're showing them what the Christian life is, they're never going to be saved. It has the stigma. And that's why the Lord says, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. I can be right next to the world, but what's in the world don't rub off on me. Because I'm not of the world. And he says... Boy, certain things, boy, we hate the word pusher. We know what that is. You know, pharmaceutical business on the corner, we know what that is. You know, that stigma of a whore or an adulteress or an adulterer, you know, that's a stigma that people carry. And our society have gotten to a point almost to accept it. But yet it still carries a stigma. The word thief. None of us want to be around a thief. And when we're around one, we're always checking our pocket. We're always making sure the purse is close by or something. Because with it carries a certain stigma that we don't care for. Now what I want you to picture is this. This is Zacchaeus' life. Get a good picture of him. Not that he was a thief. Not that he was an adulterer. Not that he was a drug pusher. He was a tax collector. But because of that, he was also an outcast. But he was an outcast who understood he needed Jesus. He needed Jesus. He needed Jesus. Now, publicans were disqualified from being a judge and witness. We talked about that. And what I want to talk about is that difficulties, and I hope I've laid it out pretty good, that you could somewhat picture and see the difficulties that Zacchaeus may have had. And what I want to share with you is this. Do not allow your handicap 
Because you're crippled, because you can't do this, or because you're blind, or because you're indecent, because you lost a hand, because you lost a leg, because you're sickly and ailing, don't allow those things to separate you from Jesus. Overcome those things. And like Paul says, press on. Press on. Press on with your difficulties. Press on with your handicap. Press on with whatever it is that is really troubling you. Press on towards Jesus. Because we all have some handicaps. We all have problems. Sometimes people are, they can't believe it, but I tell, every time I get up to speak in public, I'm fearful. Why? Because I studied so long in my life. I studied very bad. I couldn't get two words out. And my dad used to tell me, stop singing, boy, because I get stuck on something, trying to get it out. And the thing is just here, whatever your handicap is, whatever your fear is, whatever it is that's keeping you from drawing close to the Lord, you have to overcome that yourself. You have to overcome it. Do not allow your handicap or your difficulties or that which is imposed on you by others keep you from Jesus. Somebody will tell you, you're not worthy to serve in this position. Somebody will tell you, your past life disqualified you for this position. Somebody will tell you, you can't do this and you can't do that. Get beyond that. Get beyond that. Get beyond your difficulties. Because see, the thing about your difficulties and the things that you won't face, the way you get around that is that you want to blame somebody else. You want to blame somebody else for your failures. You want to blame somebody else for your mistakes. You want to blame somebody else because you did this and you did that. And we put it this way. If they wouldn't have did, I wouldn't. No, you would have did it anyhow. Nobody causes you or make you do. That's your decision. You decide on how you're going to act. You decide on what you're going to do. You make those decisions. Don't nobody else make them for you. Failure comes because you yourself succumb to it. Failure is in your life because you allow it. You're the one. They have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, did you give it a hundred percent? Did you give it a hundred percent? Do not allow what people impose upon you to keep you from Jesus. It is not about what I can't do. And often you hear that from people. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't. It's not about what you can't do. It's what I can do. It's what I can do. Oftentimes we get stuck focused on what I can't do. Zacchaeus had that problem. He wasn't going to get stuck there. Although he couldn't get through the crowd, he couldn't look over the shoulder. Zacchaeus didn't blame the other folk. They didn't open up for I could get up front and see Jesus. He didn't blame the other folk that they didn't offer to pick him up that he could see Jesus. He didn't blame the other folks. 
And oftentimes in our life, we want to blame other people for our failure. We want to blame other people for our lack of success in our life. We want to blame other people that we don't have or we can't get. It's not about blaming. It's about you doing and overcoming all your can'ts in life and believe that you can. For the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. Am I praying about that thing? Am I giving it to the Lord? Have I asked God to order my steps? Am I asking God to direct my life? Am I asking God to build my life? Am I asking God to take me from this place to a higher plane? Am I asking God and then am I willing to do what God prescribes? You have to be willing to do what God says. Here are the steps towards success. Once you put your feet on doing what God says, then it becomes God's responsibility to cause you to be successful and prosper as you go forth. It's God's responsibility to prosper you. Prosperity doesn't come from man, it comes from God. That kind of prosperity that doesn't go in your pocket, as Ecclesiastes says, and then right out. It's not about focusing on your can'ts. You need to focus on what you can do and do it well and for the glory of God. We have more do in us than can't. And we want to do it. What convinced me of that? It takes just as much energy to sin as it does to do right. <laughs> it takes just as much energy to sit and do nothing as it takes to do something. The difference is your willingness. Your willingness. Have you ever just sat all day and at the end of the day you say you're tired? <laughs> I can't figure that one out. You haven't done nothing. But you're what? Tired. Because it takes energy to do nothing. It takes energy to do nothing. Look at Zacchaeus. We are told of his success before we're told about anything else. God tells us about his success. And he, he puts us right there in that verse 2. He tells us. Now understand, Zacchaeus is a short little guy. Scripture really explains that. We even sing songs about him and his little shortness. But, but, but the thing is, is this. He did not allow his shortness to be his handicap. He didn't sit around because he was short and blame other folks for what he couldn't achieve. Zacchaeus figured out ways to be successful. He figured out ways to be successful. So the first thing that the Lord tells us about him, he says, Jesus entering Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. Underlying chief. He just wasn't only what? A tax collector. He was the what? Chief tax collector of that district. Somehow, he moved himself on up in ranks. 
He wasn't sitting back there feeling sorry about himself. I'm not six feet tall. I'm not six five. I can't dunk the ball. I can't do this. I'm not big and bold. I can't run over folks. I'm just a short little guy. I can't push people out my way. No. Somehow, this little guy overcame whatever his difficulties were. And the scripture tells us he was the chief tax collector. And there's a reason why scripture is saying chief. Because you didn't just get to become chief just by who you were. Some historians would tell you, you bought positions, yes. But you had to have money to buy those positions. And if Zacchaeus bought that position, he had to have some kind of wealth before he ever became, as scripture says, wealthy to get that position. And what did he do to gain that wealth? But it says, boy, he was the chief tax collector. He didn't sit around blaming people. I'm short. I can't do anything. You ever want to watch a good little series on TV? Watch the little people. It's amazing what they do. One is a doctor. Another one runs his business. She's a doctor. And, and boy, just as bright as can be. And they overcome a lot of things we take for granted. How do you bring your stove or your kitchen stuff all down to your level when you're only like three feet two, three foot six? How do you overcome that? How do you ride a horse or get on a horse? How do you run a farm and drive a tractor? And if you're short... How do you manage to even drive a car? Because you got to get your foot to the gas and to the pedal. And we never imagine all that they go through to live a life that we live that we take for granted. Isn't it something to have somebody out in the restaurant have to pick you up to put you in? And here's that kiss. The scripture says he was the chief tax collector and he was wealthy. But see, the people didn't care about his wealth. What lets us know that? If he was wealthy and big or wealthy and pretty well famous or known, when he came, guess what people would have done? They would have parted ways and said, come on up here, Zacchaeus. Come on up here. They would want him to see but they despised him. And nobody opened the way for him to come up front and see Jesus. Nobody offered to pick him up that he might see Jesus. And let me share something with you. If you're down and you're waiting on somebody to come by and pick you up, I got a bad back and bad knees. Ain't a whole lot I can do for you. I'll tell you as James says you know John said I'll pray for you but if you're waiting for somebody to pick you up you better remember what scripture says the righteous will fall seven times but seven times they'll do what they'll get up you better be making an effort to get who up yourself 
even if your effort, and it's surprising sometimes, if you'll say, help me, people who will really come and help if it's a sincere cry and sincere desire to be helped. But you've got to let people know you really want to be what? Helped. One of the things about failures is this. Is that they will not cry out to other people, help me. Help me. Show me the way. Show me how to do this. Show me how to do that. Ray Dome was one of the gentlemen that helped me in sheet metal and doing furnace work and electrical work and running gas line, threading and doing it. Ray taught me a lot of things. But if I never said, Ray, would you help me? And he gave me his number. And whenever I would get stuck on a job, I'd just call Ray. And he would tell me how much time it would take for him to get there. And he would come over and help me and show me how to get through that difficulty. But I had to call for help. When you cry for help, God will send somebody. But if your pride keeps you from crying out for help, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. And a lot of our failure is because we don't cry for help with a desire to do better. He is a person, I want you to catch this in 3 and 4. Let's go to it. Verse 3 and 4. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Now, underline the word wanted. He really wanted this. And he's going to demonstrate that. He really wanted to see Jesus. How many of you really want God to govern your life? How many of you really want Jesus in your life? Not just when it's during a time of difficulty, but you want him in your life constantly, continuously, 24-7 a day. How many of you want Jesus present in your life? In that way. You have to want that. That song we sang, I've been with Jesus all day long. You have to desire to be with him. Understand, he desires to be with you, but you got to desire to what? To be with him. Understand this basic principle. You can't make anybody stay with you who don't want to stay with you. Young ladies, hear that one real good. You can't make a man stay with you who don't really want to be with you. And if you want to share him, he will allow you to share him. And it's the same way. Men, you can't make a woman stay with you or be with you. It has to be where at. In here. That they want to be with you. And the scripture says, boy, he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. And being short, and being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. Now, look what, he could not because of what? The crowd. The crowd became his problem. Other people became his difficulties. Other people were in his way. And guess what? Those other people were not offering any help unto him. Oftentimes we'll blame because this person didn't do, or this person didn't do, or this person didn't take time with me, or this person didn't give me the job, or this person didn't... 
the young man back here in the back, as I told you a couple of weeks ago, he asked me to pray. He was going for a job interview. So I saw him here a few days ago, and I asked him, did you get the job? No. Don't give up. That wasn't the one. God has a job for you. You have to want to work. And if you really want to work, a door will open for you. But you have to want it. You have to want it. You have to desire it. The crowd didn't help him. And he, this is one thing I like about it as I thought about this. He didn't expect the crowd to help him. We are a society today that expects other people to do for us what we can do for ourselves. And that's part of our failure sometimes. That we're waiting for somebody else to hand me something. We're waiting for somebody else to do this for me. We're waiting for somebody else to, 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 to bring me this or, 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 or pay my rent or, 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 or give me some groceries. Or do. No. He didn't expect anything. Now understand about when you don't expect it, it causes you to do something. You got the plan. When you're not looking for other people to do or bring groceries for you, you're going to begin to plan how you're going to get groceries. When you know your rent is short and you're not expecting other people to pay your rent, now you're going to take some kind of action to begin to gather up stuff to be able to pay the rent. When your car is not running and this thing's not happening, it's not just by what you're expecting other people to do. You're going to take some steps to solve that problem. And Zacchaeus, he begins to plan. Now, there's two things you can do. You can either plan or complain. Most of us choose to complain. And we wonder why nothing happens in our lives. But when you choose to take action on the plans that you lay out for yourself, they may be small. They don't have to be big plans. You'll see yourself moving. And when you see yourself moving and gaining and changing, there's something that takes place on the inside of you that you can. You can overcome. You can be somebody. You can work at this or that. And Zacchaeus he planned, and I imagine because he was successful in life, this man been planning for some time. This man had come to a place, he's not waiting on people to help him. He wasn't waiting on people to pick him up. He wasn't waiting for people to open up at the crowd that he could get up front. He was, his life and where he's at in life was not about waiting on people. It was about getting ahead of people. Getting ahead of people. And sometimes, if you want to be, if you want to have the job, you got to be the first one where? That old saying is still true. The early bird, guess what? Hey. You can't lay in bed till noontime and then say, I'm going to go look for a job. You can't lay in bed hoping your problems on Disappear. You got to get up and get to work at them. 
And Zacchaeus had laid out a plan. But his plan also took some action. Oftentimes we'll plan, but we don't want to take any action. We want somebody else to fulfill our plan. So we tell them about our plan and we hope that somehow they will bring our plans to pass. No, you got to take action. You yourself have to do something. Look at Zacchaeus there in verse 4. He said, so he ran ahead of the, he ran ahead. His first part was, I got to get ahead of all these folks. I can't move along with who? With the crowd. And some of us, we just move with the crowd and we wonder why we never get ahead. Why? You're stuck in the crowd. And guess what? The crowd you're stuck in, they don't care about nothing about you being successful. The real truth about that is this. They don't want you to get ahead of them. And sometimes you've got to get ahead of the crowd that you are running with or you're just going to constantly be a failure along with that crowd and with that group. You've got to get ahead. You've got to move out. And Zacchaeus' plan was, I've got to get ahead of all these folks. If I'm going to see Jesus and I want to see him, I've got to get ahead of him. I can't move along with them as they walk, as Jesus. No, i got to run. i got to get a mile ahead. i got to get a half mile ahead. i got to get ahead of them. Then his second challenge. It's amazing that sometimes when Scripture says something and we don't really search out the word about the sycamore tree. When you read about a sycamore tree, a sycamore tree could grow to 50, 60 feet high. A sycamore tree was large in size, its base and so forth. Here's a little short man, and I'm looking at these little short arms, and I'm saying, how did he get up that tree? Because it said he got up in the tree. He climbed the tree. Did he put spikes in that tree and climbed it that way? Did he put a ladder up against the tree? Whatever he did, he had to have a plan. He had to put some action with that plan. He had to do something to get in that tree. Because a sycamore tree is not easy to climb. I didn't know that until I looked up the sycamore tree and studied it out. And here's this little short man in the scripture bring out. It was a sycamore tree. Why didn't it just say tree? It named a Pacific tree. And it's a reason it's naming that Pacific tree. Because that Pacific tree was also going to be a difficulty that he had to overcome. What is your difficulty that you have to overcome in order to see Jesus? To see him clearly? And do you really want to see him? Do you really want to know him? Because whatever it is that you want, believe this, Satan's going to hinder you. And you're going to have to overcome that. And it says, boy, he ran ahead. He climbed the tree. He ran ahead. He climbed the tree. To get where he's at in life, I imagine Zacchaeus had to run ahead often. This was not new to him. To people who don't plan, people who don't set goals, People who don't have high expectations, they get stuck in a rut and they don't know how to move from it. We see that in what we call dysfunctional families. They only know how to live that way. Now we're talking about America. 
the abuse in America. That ain't new. I grew up and I saw my brother's wife get beat constantly by him. I mean, one night, boy, I was watching the kids and he went out and he partied one way. She went out and she did her party, came back home and she came home later than he did. Boy, when they went in that bedroom. I heard the licks. I was hearing the smacks. And one day she got tired of it. I have to tell this little fight too. Remember Cahawka Falls receiving the mental? <laughs> she called the police and she said something was wrong with him mentally. They called the wagon out, but they just called a wagon back in them days. <laughs> they put him in a straight jacket, took him to Cahawka Falls receiving. And because she was his wife, even though he called on his mom and his dad, they couldn't get him out. The only one that could get him out was my sister-in-law. And when we went to see him, because of his temperament and his anger, they still had him talked. <laughs> but from that time on, he never hit her again. <laughs> but this is not new in our culture. It's not new in our society. For some people, that's a way of life. We fight, we love. We fight, we love. They don't know how to simply love without the fight. And Zacchaeus, though, he ran ahead of people to beat them to the spot of opportunity. Of opportunity. Opportunity's there. But you've got to get there to grab it. You got to want that opportunity that's available. And understand this about opportunity. You don't wait till opportunity show up to train yourself for it. You prepare yourself for the opportunity long before the opportunity arrives. What is your plan to get yourself in position to see Jesus? And to receive from him. To see him. And to receive from him. If you're not willing to position yourself. In life. In a way. In which you clearly see Jesus. You're not going to receive from him. But when you can see Jesus clearly. And you desire it in here. You're going to receive from him. You're going to receive much more than you ever expected. Because the manner in which you are now seeing him. And the time you're spending with him. You're going to receive. A lot of people wonder, well, why don't this happen in my life? Why don't that happen in my life? Why doesn't this take place? Because, one, you have not positioned yourself to see him, nor do you desire to really see him or to spend time with him. Spend time with him. So what is your plan to get yourself in position in life? Because what you don't understand, how many of you take your car in for a wheel alignment? 
Why do you need a wheel alignment? You got some bumps in the road, don't you? And every time you hit one of them bumps, it takes that wheel just a little bit what? Out of line. And there's things that happen on the road to your car that somehow cause your car to go out of line. And you got to go get what they call wheel line. Guess what? In life, you hit bumps in the road of life. And you got to refocus. you got to realign yourself to see Jesus. Because those bumps in the road will cause you not to see him clearly. And you got to realign yourself that you might see him clearly and receive from him. A plan is by action. You purposely plan. You purposely put down what you are planning and what you want to achieve. And then you also got to take the action in order to achieve it. So it said, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. That way is important because he knew he was coming what? That way. He didn't go some other way. He didn't run back towards where Jesus had already been. He ran ahead. He had some direction. Say it again. Do you know where to go? Do you know where to go to really see Jesus? Do you know sometimes you got to find your secret place with Jesus? Do you know that sometimes you got to bend your knees to Jesus? Do you know sometimes you got to spend some time in prayer with Jesus? Do you know that sometimes you just got to talk the whole day through with Jesus? Do you know where to go to really see and receive from the Lord? And it takes some action from you. Secondly, his own determination caused him to plan. There wasn't somebody else saying to Zechariah, you need to do this. You need to do that. Now understand, I'm not saying don't take advice from other people. The best advice oftentimes come from you yourself spending time with God. And you and God charting your life. The best advisor or counselor you will ever have is the Lord. He's a wonderful counselor. Because God knows for you to really buy into something that you want, you got to have the determination. You got to have the determination. You just can't say, I'm going to change my life and don't have any determination to do it. You can't say, I want this, but have no determination to really go after it. You got to have the determination in yourself to bring about what you so desire. Zacchaeus wanted, but he is also determined to see Jesus. His determination is described in the things that he did. Understand this. You waste time while you're blaming somebody else over your circumstances. Rather than being determined to overcome whatever problem or whatever you're facing. And he was one who was determined. 
His determination caused him to plan and take action and climb the sycamore tree. When you go to Luke 18, let's go to Luke 18 real quick. Go to verse 35. Just have to look just up a little bit. Jesus approached Jericho. A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. He was determined that somehow Jesus was going to see him. He was determined to be seen by Jesus. You find that also in Luke 17, 11, a determination by the individual who really wants Jesus to see them and intervene in their life. You find it in Matthew 21. You, you're able to find those things where people are determined. I want Jesus to touch my life. I want Jesus to see me. I want Jesus to interact. And they all had to overcome something. When you are able to see Jesus, understand this. Jesus is seeing you. Jesus is seeing you way before you ever see him. But there's three things that are going to take place when you yourself see Jesus. Three things are going to take place when you really see Jesus. I don't care where you're at in life, how long you've been walking with the Lord. This constantly takes place. When you truly see Jesus and the will of God for your life, you're going to see these three things. One, you're going to see your presence. The present for Zacchaeus was this. Jesus, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Today, I'm going to spend time with you at home. That's the present. You're going to see your past. So Zacchaeus says, Whoever I have wronged or cheated, I will give them four times. So what is he dealing with? His past. Then Jesus says, Today salvation has come into your house. His future. When we see Jesus clearly, he will deal with our presence. He will allow us to see our past, that we can repent of our sins. We can deal with our sin. Because, see, the future is not going to be until I'm willing to deal with what? My sins. And I'm going to see my future. My salvation. 
And he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, the old does what? It pass away. Behold, all things become what? New. 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 I'm able to see those three things. Look what he says there in Scripture. In verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Well, you know something? Jesus could have called Zacchaeus from the back of the crowd. Hey, Zacchaeus, I know you're back there. You can't see me, but I can see you. Zacchaeus, come on up front here. And the crowd would have opened up. Sometimes God wants to see your determination. He wants to see your love for him poured out. He knows he loves you. You have not determined how much you really love him. And what God wants to see is your love for him, but he wants you to see it because he already knows it. What will you go through to get close to him? What will you give up to get close to him? Now, remember with the rich young ruler? He wasn't willing to let go of any of his. Zacchaeus, Jesus never asked him to give up anything. But he said, anybody he's cheated, he'll give them four times. He's willing to give it up. In order to be with Jesus. And he says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He had gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give all my possessions to the poor. He's willing to do what? Give it all up. If that's what you required, I'm willing to give it all up. Those who were calling him a sinner may have not come to that place yet. (laughs) But for him, I'm willing to give it all up for you. For you. Are you willing to give it all up for Jesus? Are you willing to let it all go for Jesus? Are you willing? And he continues in closing. He says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. I'll pay back four times the amount. Here's his confession in a sense. And then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Zacchaeus knew he was a sinner, either by people labeling him or by God. He knew what he was. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Zacchaeus knew what he had need of. 
Do you know what you really have need of? See, it's not success, it's not wealth, it's not position, it's Jesus. And what are you willing to do to get a clear understanding of God's will for your life and be in the presence of Jesus? What are you willing to do? Amen? Let's pray.